0: Everything's coming up roses 45 years later. January. It is a time for New Year's resolutions, reflections, and best laid plans. We say goodbye to one year and hello to the next. We put our Christmas decorations away, reminisce about holidays from years past, and make mental notes about what we'll do again next year. We promise to do better things, practice self care, go to bed early, and eat better. We munch on black-eyed peas for luck and try to avoid doing laundry on New Year's Day because, in folklore, whatever you do on New Year's, you'll be stuck doing all year long. We think about old friends, family members who are no longer at the table, and the money we spent trying to make sure everyone's wishes came true. Every January that rolls around, it seems I get a chance to talk about the Rose Bowl Parade in 1979. Our award-winning band had already performed at the International Peace Gardens and the Orange Bowl. Drum and bugle corps style was all the rage, and we made the most of it, for sure. Each year, we all anxiously wait on Willa Hubbard, Lyon, to post her traditional 1979 Rose Bowl Parade photo on Facebook. Then, we all begin to comment on it and share it on social media. The years have passed for sure, But the memories are fresh. The pride lingers about the times we faced early morning practice sessions and late night fundraising. Our leaders told us, hard work pays off. We believed them. Over 200 Aurorans made the 1,561 mile trek to California. For many of us, our knowledge of California was limited to what bits of information we were able to glean from watching the Beverly Hillbillies in the 1960s on TV. In fact, We joked often about giving folks the California howdy. Our drum majors were Doug Jackson and Greg Owens. Our assistant band director was Keith Dreyer. Everyone strived for perfection. If practice makes perfect, we practiced all the time. I went to work part-time at the Aurora Advertiser my senior year of high school. I had cleaned houses, babysat, and worked at the Scotsman Drive-In and the Dairy Queen. Prior to that, I was in heaven. I worked with Jewel Bagby, R.D. Hohenfeld, Jerome Wassman, Kevin Stocker, Debbie Wise, Dennis Kilman, and my brother, the original outlaw, Randy Estes. I learned everything I was going to need about life in general in those days. Jewel told me, pretty is as pretty does, while Randy banished me from the darkroom, because at the holidays, that's where he made his famous darkroom punch. Only a selected few could enter the premises. R.D. Hohenfeldt told me I was a storyteller and that everyone had a story to tell. He told me to dig at the details and always look for connections. One of my first assignments was to do a series of stories on the Aurora High School marching band. Under the direction of Gene Kirkham, the band was going to perform in Pasadena, California, at the illustrious Rose Bowl Parade. Since I was part of that entourage, I thought the assignment would be both easy and glamorous. There were about 150 students and 65 chaperones scheduled to make the trek. My good pal, Johnny Bowman, was hired by the Aurora radio station, KSWMKLE, to provide remote radio spots throughout the trip. He called his in on payphones. I can distinctly re- remember us both running to a payphone in Winslow, Arizona, where we all sang, standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona, in the background. He and I would work on what we were going to say to the folks back home while we were gone. The itinerary for the trip was rigorous and detailed. It was 11 pages long. Thanks to Poss and Frida Jackson, we have copies of it at the Aurora Hound Dog Alumni and Outreach Center, along with other photos and bits of memorabilia from that time. Be prompt, be courteous, and friendly. Remember, you are representing Missouri, the itinerary read. We had spent months on fundraisers. We had raised enough to pay for our lodging and over 1,800 meals for the 200-plus people in attendance. We were responsible for seven meals on our own, spending money, plus snacks and stops for the return trip. We were coached hard on budgeting and making our money last. Five chartered buses left Aurora during the wee hours on December 26th. We would return home during the early morning hours of Wednesday, January 3rd as temperatures dropped to 10 degrees with a wind chill of well below zero. My big story was called in from a payphone in Albuquerque, New Mexico after the parade. We had stopped for breakfast slash lunch some 12 hours after leaving California. It was published on Tuesday, January 2nd and told how all of our return trip meals going to be at McDonald's, and how marchers made the five-mile trek in over two hours time, while millions of viewers around the world watched the festivities on two different networks. I reported that not one single person from the Aurora Band dropped out or needed assistance, while marchers from the other bands had become ill, winded, or dehydrated. My reporting indicated we were cold at first and got hot later, and we all had blisters on our feet. I talked about the helpers lining the parade route. They were dressed in white coveralls and told me they were, in essence, people movers. In other words, if marchers became tired or weary, these coveralled folks would encourage them to keep moving forward to stay with their groups for safety reasons. Each bus had people assigned to take roll and ensure the bus was clean each day at the beginning and end of the route. The Kirkums were on my bus, bus number one. There were few shenanigans on that bus, let me tell you. Each chaperone was assigned three students. Our chaperone was the ever-adventurous Bea Bowman. My other two roommates were Tammy Bowman Childress and Nancy Swearingen-Mori. Some of the chaperones and band members were able to get tickets to the Rose Bowl game between the USC Trojans and the Michigan Wolverines. The Trojans won 17 to 10. I reported we left our roadway in at Claremont, California, at approximately 5 p.m. on Monday, January 1st. We had arrived to eat something in Albuquerque the next morning, where the temperature was the same as Aurora's, 3 degrees below zero. I also wrote about being able to march in a Friday evening parade at Disneyland. The band also toured Universal Studios on Saturday, where some of us visited with actor McLean Stevenson, who played Henry Blake, on MASH. Another highlight was a visit to the Grand Canyon. Our hotel was out of hot water while we were there, but the view was absolutely incredible. Perhaps my favorite part of my story came at the end when I talked about the New Year's Eve party the hotel let us have in Claremont on December 31st. Just a few seconds before 10 p.m., the Aurora Troop held hands in a big circle and counted down the seconds from 10, 9, 8, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, to wish everyone a happy new year, where it was already midnight back home in Aurora. It seems even then, my heart was always home.